0: This is, uh, this is Joe Cole.
1: This is Ruben off the cheek and you're listening to the London, London, London Is Blue podcast. Blue podcast.
2: All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London Is Blue Podcast. Travel edition, as always, your host, Brandon Jomakos, Nick and Dan. Nick, just sliding under the closing gate, making it here just in time. Uh, you didn't get trapped in the airport. I am in a hotel room, and well, Dan is comfortably at home, locked away in his man cave.
0: It's a, It's more of a nook. It's, it's a nook that's offset of the kitchen area. That's
1: you both makes. have nooks. It's a it's a man nook, you know? It's a classic. It's a classic man nook. Just just feel like nook isn't a manly term. But hey,
2: we'll roll with it
1: because it's probably very
2: accurate because that's how you tend to roll. Uh, look, everybody, this is the full and Match review. It's a bit shit in it, but we're going to get through it mainly <laughs> thanks to your questions. Uh, in spite of the loss, Dan would like to know, were you wow 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 huh wow anybody
1: that, that really force that one in there huh dan
0: well i mean if you uh, listen right. to the player profile episode you would have heard all of the wonderful puns that sam and i tried out
1: no i i all know of
2: them. <laughs> uh and then like i said we'll let the listener questions uh take us down the river of tears but before that dan uh temp check Little little pulse check on everybody. How we doing out there? Good old three-word match reviews came rolling in. Yeah, there were a lot,
0: and uh, it's unfortunate that there's always a lot when things are not good, because uh, that means they're usually not very happy. Um, Jeff Odom with the pure Craven Chaos. He had Zarly with the Groundhog Day Continues. Aaron with the I Declare Bankruptcy! You had Ben Hundley with the make-it-stop with the uh, two red and green Power Rangers uh, uh, under a spell, I imagine, of Rita Repulsa. Uh, you had Nicholas J. Gomez with the k- 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 uh, Joe ouch that hurt. Uh, Brick with the viewer discretion advised, <laughs> TG Soccer with the fifth in London. D-Rob with the very unfortunate London was blue. And then snacks with the pretty,
2: pretty poor Larry David. I feel like sometimes these guys in Discord just pander to you, you two's comedy because you know it's going to get picked. Like, how many times have we seen that, Larry David? Know one? your audience.
0: I <laughs> <No>, you, <no laughs> was yeah. judging you.
1: I love your discretion advice. I think that's absolutely fantastic. It's so good. And how, after bigging yourself up, did you stumble
2: over zhouch? I thought. Yeah, I thought that was your game.
1: A lot of force-fitting Zhao
2: into these. (laughs) Well, unfortunately, he force-fit himself into this game because it didn't go well. I I just said, burn more money. That is my solution to uh, said problems. Uh, So hopefully we're not declaring bankruptcy anytime soon.
1: Uh, Nick, what about you? Um, (laughs) I'm using the colloquialism. Jesus. Uh, It's a clown car. Clown car. Bleacher Report took a picture of like
2: a clown from the shins down. And it was like blue Argyle socks and then white shoes with blue accents and said, Chelsea getting ready for the game today. (laughs) Yep.
1: Yep. Pretty much.
2: Dan, have you come up with something? I hope it has Zhao in it.
0: No, it doesn't. The wrong multiverse. We are in the wrong multiverse. (laughs) Destroy the branch. Get us back to the place where Chelsea are really, really good. (laughs) The TVA messed up. They fucked up. (laughs)
2: Well, we'll have to dig some of that out. We do have some shout outs, uh, Justin, on Patreon. Huge thanks. Welcome to the crew. Get you in Discord. Uh, Pulisic Chelsea 22 from the United Kingdom. Did not see that coming. Assumed that was going to be from the U.S. Uh, So welcome to a friend abroad for leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We also take them on Spotify. We are collecting them. Would appreciate any support we get. Uh, But enough of that. Let us dive right in. Uh, to the match here. It was Fulham this past Thursday, the 12th of January, in the Premier League, making up our games in hand while everybody else is uh, playing cup matches. We're at Craven Cottage, in case you missed it. Fulham 2, Chelsea 1, goals from obviously William in the 25th minute. Uh, Koulibaly uh, uh, leveling it up in the 47th after a cheeky Mason Mount free kick bounced off the post, and then Vinicius. Uh, not that one, but a Carlos in the 73rd minute uh, kept up flapping himself into no man's land in a quite simple tap-in. So anyways, we're going to kick it over to the fifth stand-up. That's right, the official Chelsea FC app. Download it now if you haven't. Uh, they will send you push notifications and release content there before anywhere else. Thank you for letting us use the auto. Here we go.
1: Mostly about our injured players. That's what they send. Look. A couple episodes ago, I said, like, hey, everybody, the audio for the the goal highlights was
2: jacked up. Uh, It's just not good quality. We're not going to use it. This episode, I just don't want to listen to Willian score on us again. I'm going to be honest. I think I flipped my top when that happened. I think that's, like, the 300th player, former Chelsea player to score on us in the last damn 10 years. Start building that 11. It's got to be incredible. Anyways, sorry, no highlights. All right, Dan, kick us through this lineup. Um, uh, Good luck.
0: Well, I mean, n- not good luck. I mean, it's, it, it is what it is, right? Kept up between the sticks, Trev Chalaba, Tiago Silva, and Kulabali as a back three. You had a three-man midfield of Kovacic, Mount, Zakaria. You had Azpilicueta and Lewis Hall on the wings. And then you had Joao Felix and Kai Havertz up top. Uh, Kai, uh, I would say, though, Joao Felix was playing the Eden Hazard wherever-I-want-to-be role for the majority of the match, which, hey, it worked. Uh, Marcus Bettinelli, Bete Abami uh, Yang, and David Atrofafana. Unused substitutes. And then we had a four-individual swap late into the match with Kukureya, Connor Gallagher, Chuck Limeca, um, uh, and then we had uh, Hakam Ziyech as well. Jorginho came on a little earlier when Zakaria went down injured.
2: Love, love injuries, especially when players who you essentially assume would be on the team sheet. Um, first name on, go down. Uh, Nick, uh, I'm a little surprised that he somehow got Zhao squeezed into that one, but I suppose it is his name this time. Uh, Did you know that uh, the stats line was uh, not what you would expect ever from a Chelsea versus Fulham? Uh, To the point, actually, where we had 20 shots 10 on target, they had eight shots, only three on target. We had 52% possession. We had 81% pass accuracy. We had 16 fouls to their 12. We had three yellow cards to their four. We had the one and only straight red of the match. Three offsides apiece and seven corners to their five. If that doesn't scream domination, I don't know what does. Did
1: did we end up winning this one?
2: Four big chances to their one. I we should if we did the paper test.
1: Did I just curious, what was the score again? Uh two-one full am. Mm. Not so they weren't half ham today. They were the full ham. Yeah,
2: yeah. Two point one three xg to their point eight three is actually how it how it went down, which is was pretty gross.
1: Yeah, pretty gross indeed. It didn't didn't go that well, did it? Well, I don't know. This
0: is our second highest xg of the season on an <laughs> oh uh, an individual match. Oh no, sorry, sorry. That is the uh, yeah. It is second highest because Dynamo's grab was two point
2: seven. Yeah, which, wow. I mean, honestly doesn't count when you're comparing it to Premier League and other matches. Uh, add up to Joe tweeting, one, Giao Felix is the first player to be sent off for Chelsea on their Premier League debut and the first to do so for any club since Federico Fazio. Uh, first Spurs versus Manchester City in October 2014. Welcome. I mean, we'll get into this, but is this your end, end pet shithouse moment of the match? I mean,
1: is there another one? I mean, this, this has to be it. It's fucking. William scoring,
2: yeah, that was pretty much called it. I mean, he pretty much said pre-match: if I have to score, I won't celebrate. Like, cool. Oh, <laughs> Yan man. even tweeted: he goes, "What minute is William scoring?" Like, two hours before the game. Uh, so boy, you can blame
1: Yan. If, if if you didn't see that coming, you just haven't been paying attention. I mean, that happens to us all the time. That, that's not even a surprise. Uh, it was a surprise that Trev just let him shoot, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, I mean that, that storyline has been told over and over and over again. The former Chelsea player scores against Chelsea, has one of their best performances of the season against Chelsea. Think there's any coincidence in that, sir? I don't believe so.
2: Well, I tell you what, it was uh, another bold effort from uh, the boys out there in blue. At points, um, you know, back to the three-five-two, continuing to to make changes. Uh, you know, going with the the one-on-one attacker stacked with with Felix and Averts. I'm a little bit surprised he went in right away and was given all this freedom. That there's probably other players in the squad we would have loved to have gotten that freedom, but he showed promise. I just I'm not ready to crown him as as the king because we've seen this script uh, far too many times. Uh, it is we need many more minutes from him, but.
1: We're not gonna see him for three matches now, which is just how do you the how do you most. not get
0: injured? You don't play.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe that, maybe he was protecting himself.
0: Saving himself for the Champions League.
2: There we go.
1: Made it 58 minutes. So, anyways, we're gonna
2: take a ad break. When we get back, we're jumping right into another uh one of Dan's well things. I don't know what to call it yet. Were you Joao? So thank you to the sponsors for She's Sporting the Show, and we'll be right back. All right, here we go. Were you Joao? That's right. The Portuguese promise almost delivered at Optijo setting the stage, says uh, one, despite being sent off in the 58th minute, uh, Joao Felix had the most shots, six, shots on target, four, and successful take-ons, two, and won the most fouls, four of any player on either side in Chelsea's 2-1 defeat to Fulham tonight, eventful. And I'm pretty sure it was Naz who tweeted out that Uh, He drew two cautions. So on both of those successful take-ons, he broke lines, and the defender had to drag him down. I mean, Dan, there's literally no bigger polar opposite of uh, a debut. I mean, he could have scored. He should have scored. That was the only thing missing from this. The red card, I thought Graham Potter described it quite accurately. It reminded me of Fernando Torres so much. It was a striker's tackle. But it was just unnecessary. What do you think he was just was just too wound up trying to impress on his on his debut?
0: For sure, it was vibes. It, it was it was Felix vibes, and he was having himself a day. He could have had an assist or two very early into the match, which we will talk about in the listener sec question section of this episode.
1: Dan, we need a we need a new stat, Dan. The could have been assist or the could have been goal. I think if you were to really do the math on those, we could have. We'd be like a seven, eight goals that could have been goals a game, really. I mean,
0: that, that, but that's where the expected goals comes in because if you look at the fact that, like, before the 15th minute, we were over half an expected goal. And a lot of that all, came all him. from a direct line up in about the third minute. <laughs> so I, I look, it was magnetic. He was similar to what we've seen with. Uh, Pulisic when he's had his best performances where everybody just has to find a way to stop him because he's deft on the ball. I think it was somewhere between the Polisic and Hazard range in terms of you know performance and you know, what he was offering. Had some good shots. I think they were needed a little more power behind him in terms of the shots that he did take. And I don't know. I mean, I, I think we were very close to seeing what... Sam, CFC Central, and I were talking about on the player profile. If you missed it, go back and check it out. But we talked about a really good loan spell for Joel Felix would be about a .5 goal and assist per 90. And like he was absolutely on that trajectory for the majority of the match until the really, really stupid challenge. What and about a
1: what about a .5 goal and assist per 58? Huh? What, what about that? He, he was almost there. That?
0: He was almost there.
1: <laughs> <Fine>. <laughs>
0: the almost goal, almost assist. But, I mean, Nick, to me, like, just seeing a player who had the license to be creative, to make some additional space for himself and others, if the team had had one or two more training sessions to understand, like, where each other were going to be and to pull their heads up and look for each other, there was some really, really good movement, both both with the ball and then off the ball, too.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, the kid is class, man. I mean, you can tell just some his first three or four touches on the ball were outstanding. I mean, he is quicker, I think, than I remember him being. Uh, I know that we played Atletico Madrid a lot in the Champions League, and I think in, in the year that we won it, which seems like about 40 years ago at this point, um, he didn't seem to have very much success against us, and Suarez was on that team and just didn't seem to really click. but. He he really looked dynamic today. I mean, some of his runs to the middle were incredibly strong. I mean, he's a he's a bigger frame than some of our attackers. Um and I think doesn't get pulled so easily, right? Doesn't go down as easily. And so he really forced Fulham back into a shell. Um and I think they were a little they were a little uh dumbfounded for the first 20 25 minutes of this match. Um you know, of course, William gets a goal and resets them back to where they wanted to be uh but yeah i think joe felix uh came into this game as kind of a unknown because he's been off the boil a little bit brandon for atletico madrid but from what i saw outside of the uh crazy ass tackle which was indeed a red card i don't want to hear anything about it it was <laughs> it was up it was violent it was deserved um he he really performed well and i think did something different than our other attackers have tried over the last two or three months yeah man see
2: a february 11th he's actually gonna miss both fulham legs like as crazy as that sounds because we play them again on the third and the reverse picture in february and he doesn't come back to west ham away on the 11th uh as of right now he's gonna miss palace liverpool fulham so uh you know a, a little bit interesting i like how you guys put the joe prince right tweet in here that Joe Felix's loan was supposed to be for 21 Premier League games, but after that red card, it now becomes an 18-game loan. That means the loan fee alone, the loan fee alone, will cost Chelsea $666,666 per game. Devilish start for Felix.
0: Joe's forgetting I, I mean, about all the Champions League games we have left to play. There's a huge run into the 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 final when we lift the cup. Yeah, we're going to
2: hope so. Uh, guys, I mean, alone today, right? He, he had six shots, uh, I think four on target. Um, he had alone an XG of .82. He had an expected assist of .15. Um, he had 40 touches. Again, two for three on successful dribbles. Um I don't know if it was just him or if it was the team, but I saw vertical passing. I saw people looking to uh, play in a way that we haven't seen a lot. And so I'm just a little confused. I'm like, it can't just be Joao Felix. It, it can't be that simple. Is it because we did a 3-5? Well, it was really a 3-4-3. Three, three. Mason was much more in the attack than he was in the midfield. But, it, I, again, I just – I don't know. But the way the season's gone, this second you get a little bit of momentum, that that bitch karma just pulls the rug out from under us and we have to start back again right so joao felix out for three games Zakaria now going off injured who knows how long he's going to be sounds like raheem sterling's out for weeks pulisic is out for months we just cannot in any way catch a break Kepa regressing to uh old form which is not a, a good sight. so uh, the way i look at it is is a bit grim as i think everybody is but i just I just laughed a little bit today at how cruel it was. How cruel that we had such an electric attacking player <laughs> and then immediately 13 minutes in the second half gone straight red. Not only gone, but three games, a three game suspension. Like, son of a bitch, like, give me the slightest of breaks this season.
1: And this is right after Zakaria goes down injured, right? Uh, you know, a midfielder who's really showed up for us over the last handful of matches and. I think it's done a good job and his physicality allows our team to do something a little bit different in midfield. And then he goes out clearly distraught and that happens a couple of minutes later or vice versa. I can't really remember. And it doesn't fucking matter because both are bad things. I mean, this is, it's a clown car, man. It is a clown car of despair. I I don't know what, like the writers have made such so many twists in this story that I don't know where they could possibly go next. And by the way, that's not me tempting fate. I'm knocking on wood that there are no more twists, that this is it, that this was the grand finale, but uh, I don't think that's going to be the case.
0: Watch out, Oscars. This is winning best original screenplay, (laughs) that's for sure.
2: All right. Well, uh, I mean, I'm actually kind of like just looking at the table and like I'm seeing a tweet, who is this from? Uh, always men and Blazers. It's the first time we've lost to Fulham in 21 Premier League games. Uh, I think the last time was like early 2000s. Before that, I think it was the 60s. Uh, Fulham are up to sixth. Like, again, as we just talk about the upside down of this season, the fact that Arsenal are in first, uh, Fulham are in sixth, you know, Brentford are in ninth. Like, Chelsea are bottom of the London table, and we're bottom of the West London table. Like... <laughs> It is not a good look uh, on the board for us. West Ham are the only ones doing us a favor, I suppose, by being uh even Palace, worse. But
1: West Ham and Palace, you know, sorry. It's not... yeah. yeah, please.
0: I... Now, Palace get a chance to take a swing though this weekend. So
2: yeah <laughs> who knows. Yep. Three point difference. So that that just aligns perfectly. But you know, it's just it, it's just such an upside down season. And uh, you just have to imagine some point it's gonna stop i I do know, uh, and I'll probably save this for a little bit later because there's a lot of good questions, kind of like, ooh, you know, the players are they showing up? Are they doing enough? foot mob it, it was it was bad. um you know, the ratings were were five, sixes, sevens, Koulibaly actually got an eight. um, you know, all of Fulham's players were essentially sevens and eights, so it was just something that we have to deal with uh is 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 um. Potter looks to to shake this up because it needs a continuous shaking up. He hasn't figured it out, but uh, you know his press conference talked a lot about it.
0: There was enough though in this game for Chelsea to walk away with a win, which is probably the more frustrating piece about this. So we went from good, valiant defeat against Manchester City to really abjectly horrible performance against Manchester City to a lot of just individual errors. Not it like preventing us from taking advantage of the ball being worked into good positions, the ball getting nearer on the feet of attackers in the box, which was something that hadn't been happening. When you think about the Manchester City match just this past weekend, this was dramatically better in that first fifty-eight plus minutes of play when Joao Felix was on, and so in general, I actually think we were we were set up better. But it, when you when you're playing. On this fine a margin, where a goalkeeping error from Keppa can let one in, from when Dave having to play back to back matches is, or it being asked to play back to back matches is really putting you at risk in terms of the right hand side. Like you're going to potentially lose those games. Like this was a coin flip, and on another, like I actually think on most days we probably still would have won this
2: game. Oh, without a doubt. And I think again, that's the frustration. You know, like Marco Silva comes out as a genius when honestly when we're a bit shit all night and Chelsea just, you know, we're lacking. So uh, anyways, let's knock out the second ad break when we're back uh, going into questions, which uh, I'm sure everybody is going to find tasty. So again, thanks to the sponsors. We'll be right back. All right. Um, questions from the lovely listeners. So um, at pizza Hutton says, uh, how would you handle the season going forward? What's the goal? I uh, I mean, the only gold Nick, is to just not let it all completely fall apart. I mean, there's there's nothing on field to to prove. I mean, you just have to keep the fans happy enough, the players that you want happy enough, and you kind of bend the rest, don't you?
1: i, I don't I don't think there's really an outcome here that's gonna please a whole bunch of people, you know if i'm if I'm being honest and that, and that that is not just me being typical negative nick uh that is me just being (laughs) incredibly pragmatic nick um i like there's bad luck there's bad management there's bad play there's injuries there's you know uncertain future investment there's uncertain players who want to come to chelsea there's you know a whole bunch of stuff out there that is just kind of swirling right now and i think it's causing bad vibes right um the the ultimate goal of the season is to win as many matches as you can that's it the end um i i don't know if there's a place like there's a place in the table where i describe but i mean to win more matches, this team has to perform significantly better, and a lot of these players have to perform to the level that they're getting paid, which has not happened in a very long time for for a fair few of them. So, uh, how would I handle it going forward? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I you know, I know there's a bunch of questions about Potter in here, but you know, if if we're just gonna if we're just going to address that situation, which probably is a part of this question, Dan. Like, I I don't know if bringing another manager in at this stage of the season fixes this situation.
0: When I thought about the question, I bucketed it into three areas because I think there's a ownership area, there's a manager area, and there's a player area. Um, I think the goal for in the season or the rest of the season for now as it relates to the ownership group, is it's SOS time on getting reinforcements for Graham Potter. You did it with Jao Felix, which was a great idea. He does not have the right amount of players or the quality of players to take this squad to the end of the season and alter the outcome. We saw, I mean, Jao Felix is like halfway up the table in shots on target for this season after 58 minutes of play. That, that is scary bad. So, I know you didn't want to pay all at once for Enzo Fernandez. You probably should do something like that. I know you probably don't want to spend a lot of money on a Pedro Porro or someone else from a right-back position. You probably should go do that. You know, uh, um, Marcus uh, uh, Thuram is potentially available. You get a volume shooter up front who is going to just pepper the goal. And hopefully our luck changes a little bit. But so I think I think the ownership group needs to potentially overpay to really give Graham the opportunity to be successful. And
1: I, haven't they overpaid for a bunch of players though that just aren't performing? I, I, I,
0: like, I mean that, that that is a separate issue, and I, I think for the like, and some of them are some of them are injured, some of them are are being played still, some of them are better players, like. Mateo Kovacic and others are not playing up to their potential. So, I mean, like there's other, like, not only is it that the, you know, players, some players are kind of not playing to the level, but other players we would expect to help carry the team or to be a positive influence aren't doing that right now. I think one thing the players could do is go over and clap the fans, the away fans, even when the result didn't go your way.
1: Especially when the result didn't go your way.
0: I think to walk off the pitch. And I, I get this, right? Like, it's a tough moment. It's super frustrating. You didn't win the game. Luck wasn't with you. A player, your, one of your players was injured. Like, you have to go clap the away fans. Like, I, I get that this is not a far away match, but there are going to be far away matches between now and the end of the season. And that would be a really respectful thing to do. To his credit, Graham Potter, not the most loved person across the entirety of the fan base right now when it did it as well. And so, I mean, that that's another thing. And I think for Potter, you got to stop playing... Individuals who are not helping you. And, like, I would just go pull up the next one up in the academy and put them on the right-hand side for ASP at the moment. Like, I, I just – like, you got to try the things that are potentially generating a, a, a new positive outcome because the same thing is happening over and over again. And that is the thing that probably is the more frustrating thing, that, like, certain things, like, you know three or four players are probably not – where they need to be in this starting 11 and he doesn't have a lot of depth. So that's fair, but there are some solutions within the Chelsea ecosystem today that could provide some help. Brandon.
2: First of all, the away fans are creating a hostile environment. So it's not like the players are going Uh, over there and getting, you know, like hugged and clapped. Like I, it's, it's just both sides, right? The players don't want to hear it. They know it's bad. Like, the fact that Potter went over, like, huge kudos to him as they sing another manager's name. Like, he's getting the worst of it, even from the media. I, I'm just, like, there's two sides to it. it it's, it's one of the true. things we see this a lot. It's you see job, it a lot in though. sports. You see it a lot in sports. Well, I mean, it is not your job to go over and be criticized to your face. I mean, there's two sides to it. You can't, You can't literally directly just, like, you know, blast the players and then expect them to come over and be like, oh, you know, I'm so happy, you know, this is great. There's just, there's two sides to it, right? Like there needs to be a meeting in the middle, but right now I think what we're just seeing are like polar opposites. And because the fans are so upset the way things are going, I think there's a faction saying and doing things that you normally wouldn't want. And so the players may be having a negative reaction, not saying it's right. It just
1: is what we're observing. It's what I expect. It's what I expect of our players. That's it. I mean, and again, I understand what you're saying. Like it's a tough beat. It's a bad job, but it's the job. Um, And not every one of those away fans was, I think you're bucketing them all in the same bucket. (laughs) It's not all the away fans. I mean, when we've gone away, we know there's a, there's a portion of the, the away support that can sometimes be a little prickly. And then there's a portion that is just there to, to root on the team. And, you have, you of course. Got to take the rough with the smooth. I mean, that's that is what Again, it is.
2: Again, like why Tuchel's name is, is being sung is is quite beyond me. That's another thing. But let us go back to the on pitch, right? Dan, you you're talking about players and some things like that. You know, he is making changes. Uh, you're down a goal. You're chasing the game. A bombing doesn't come on, right? It looks like he's out of of the picture. Potentially going back to Barcelona. Uh, Zakaria has got more minutes now out injured. Um, uh, Kovacic uh, seemed like you should be able to trust him was one of our better players the last season than half had a great world cup. He is a shadow of himself. He was jogging, especially on the second goal. We gave up NBC put out the, the replay. He was nowhere close to closing down that cross. That guy had all the time in the world to put that in. And that's not the Kovacic we've become accustomed to. Uh, Jorginho is actually one of our highest rated players today. But what we are seeing on positives is Lewis Hall is playing over Kukurea, a player who is extremely expensive and played for Grand Potter. There's no reason Lewis Hall, if it, should not start matches from here on out. But what's weird is you get these yo-yo dips and then all these other players, right? Hobberts looked a little bit lively today. Chalaba, we've been banging on the door for him to get in, had a terrible day out. Kulavali all of a sudden was our highest rated player. Kepa back down. Like, it is so insane that players from game to game go from four to eight to four. Like, he just, this squad is so unpredictable right now. And again, maybe it's the tactics and how they're setting up. But a lot of it just seems like technical stuff and lack of effort out there, which is the hardest to watch. All right, we can move on. We can leave it there. Um, maybe we skip it. You midfielder, so CFC Owen saying, Does car's injury force us to sign a midfielder now? Praise Zhao for how good he was until the red card. If you could list our expected returns. Um, so just talking about the midfielder, Dan, you said it. You're ready to drop a buck 20 on Enzo. Don't even blink. Um, I think Sam has really struggled in his player profiles to come up with anyone even remotely close to him. Uh, obviously, Enzo just played for Benfica uh, a couple times now, and they want to keep him at all costs.
0: I mean, he has release clause. If you want him, you pay the release clause, and you just have it done. I mean, that that is what you could do. You could go get Kone from Muncha Apparently, he might be available as a January signing. He would be more of a defensive midfield type of solution. So, like, that would, particularly with Zakaria now being out, who was kind of playing a little bit more more deep in that regard. That might be a nice thing. But yeah, I mean I think we we're not gonna be able to rely upon Jorginho, Kovacic, and whomever else it is. I, I think the biggest hope that we can have right now, Nick, is that the Zakaria injury is not super serious because if it is, like, that's just back to back to the drawing board. But I, I think that likely will be the forcing function that Puts Chelsea in a position where they have to go do something in the market to get another midfield reinforcement.
1: Yeah, I mean, it it's a disaster if he's hurt long term, and and Ruben's not particularly close, and Conte's not particularly close, and Kovačić is not playing playing great for Croatia, not playing great for us, um, which really annoys me. Um, so. Yeah, it forces you to make more bad decisions, i.e. buying players for extraordinary amounts of money in January and, you know, uh, suffering the net consequence of that. I mean, the the, the realistic financial scenario that we're in now is that we're not getting top four this year. That's pretty fucking clear to everybody. Uh, Shit, there was a uh, we're staying up chant during the game, uh, which I, you know, recognize is pretty fucking cheeky, but still, um, you know just not not great and it just to me i i don't think i personally would want to go get enzo at this point i I think it's just a lot of money for a return this year that's just simply not going to be there um not say that he's not a good player he he clearly is but i don't i don't think you're ever going to find 120 million in results this year to even get you close to back on track so you know, I think the best scenario if, if he is – if Zakaria is hurt for a while is just go find someone on the cheap, have a hole filled, and, you know, finish eighth. That's kind of where I'm at.
2: I just watched it back. So he, like, won the ball, played it up into the attack, and he was kind of limping on his left side. But when he went down, he looked pretty gutted with the medical staff. It wasn't, like, excruciating pain. It's like, oh, I know I've done something. Um, I don't know if he like popped a quad or what, but uh, he seemed to be pretty frustrated by the injury, which, which sucks. Um, Hey, silver lining. Guess who's coming in more regularly now? Chuck Lameka, right? Obviously J five came in right away. um, But Chuck Lameka is, you know, getting more minutes consistently. Uh, You talk about depth though. Connor Gallagher brought back from being Crystal Palace's player of the season not been as good of a season as i think a lot of us would have wanted for him um he's struggling to adapt but he's also in a very imbalanced system right now where at palace they played a certain way it was very predictable he knew the environment it's changing week to week at chelsea so i do give him a bit of a pass that this is unbelievably difficult for him to try to you know find his way this season um
0: and even if you're saying that he's having a hard way finding himself this season in this side he's actually the third highest per 90 in terms of goals and assists like that tells you how but he'd
2: be lower on minutes to be fair right it's true lower on minutes lower
0: on minutes but it's uh sterling chilwell who also is lower on minutes havertz mount
2: gallagher what a list what a list speaking of Havertz and Mount All-American, CFC and CJ both kind of asking about this. Um, Matt Law in our last drop in the law pod uh, kind of struck that Kai Havertz lightning rod, saying that Chelsea should sell him in the summer. So they're saying Havertz and Mounts form the defensive line, Kepa. Um, CJ saying Kai Havertz supposedly one of the most talented young players in Europe, but massively underwhelming every time he steps on the pitch. Um, Nick, not to uh, air your dirty laundry here, sir, but uh, I think you probably had the most converts texts during the match.
1: Yeah. He really frustrated me today. Um not This because... is one bicycle kick and, and Nick writes him off. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. Um I think that was Kovacic, wasn't it? Or no, uh, he, was, remember he was, in the he was offside. standing yeah, offsides. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I feel better now. Thanks. Um, the uh, Yeah, the, the one that really, really got me about Kai today is that he receives the ball in the fast break, right? You have Felix streaking down. You have Mount streaking down. You have two easy fucking passes for a player of his caliber and, and passing range to put them in a position to either pack, pass back to you if you're able to get down there or score. And he took it and dribbled the ball out of bounds. It's it's stunning, stunning stuff. Uh, yeah, look, I mean, it's clear he's not our center forward of the future, but I, I expect more than that. You know, I I he was even playing kind of a, a little bit of a false nine-ish thing with him and Felix kind of swapping positions at first, which kind of looked dynamic. There was some dynamism there, but like the... The overall vibe around him is not good, um, and you know, I, I joked with I joked with Ollie about this in in our in our chat. But I was like, I can't wait for him to go score, score twenty goals for Bayern Munich at some point because you just know that's going to happen. It's just not happening here, and and I really. <laughs> I really, really, uh, don't know what the solution is, Dan, because it's not like we have a ton of other center forward options either to play. So your guess is as good as mine.
0: And he did have David Dr. Fafano who I I thought would have made it in, in that last group of substitutes. So that was, uh, interesting to not see him maybe even get the cursory 10 minutes at the end to try to change the game. I've actually thought all those subs were a little late, um, you know, as says Fulham kind of, you know, scored the second, I would have probably expected the response to happen then. And like, Oh, okay, yeah. cool. They scored the second. Here's two, here's three to get back in. I look, I, I think, you know, our attack has been bad. And Kai Havertz and Mason Mount are part of that attack. And so transitive property, they have not had a good of season this year as they had in prior years. Um, and, and so I think that you have to be okay saying we expect more from Kai Havertz when he plays the main striker position for Chelsea, and you have to expect more from from Mason. I mean, Mason also had an opportunity to play the ball forward and didn't get it didn't get it up quick enough. I mean, has made those passes before, and so that was a little shock uh, shocking as you kind of took it in, I'm like, "Whoa!" I mean, like, it was right there, it was right there. <laughs> Um, obviously, you're watching it. They're loving it. So there's a bit of a different, uh, different guide rail there for how they do get a chance to see things on the pitch. But yeah, I, I mean, the attack hasn't been good enough. Havertz and Mount are a part of that attack. Hakim Ziyech is a part of that attack. Aubameyang's a part of that attack. The attack has underperformed greatly relative to the, you know, everything else this season, Brandon.
1: If, if this attack was. Let's pretend they were storming a castle. The castle would have been standing all season. like They would not have breached the walls.
2: You're saying we're not going to save the princess?
1: No. <laughs> no. No. And, and in fact, I'm, I'm pretty damn sure of that. I, I'm pretty sure that the the, the the guards at the top of the wall are doing the Monty Python, your mother smelled of elderberries thing uh, to us. That's, that's how bad the attack's been.
2: All right. Dropping players, uh, NY's CFC on Twitter says, would it help Potter if he was to drop all those who are not behind him in his playing style? If they don't run for him, then they don't play. Oh, you mean like Tuchel in preseason where he said, you're with me or you're not, and he divided them into two different groups? Well, that didn't work. So, uh, remember when Potter was hired, we all talked up the fact he has a master's in, what was it, leadership or like psychology or like EQ, emotional intelligence? he's supposed to be a highly uh, aware, perceptive person. So I don't think he's going to go that far uh, because there's also a history lesson that's been repeated over and over. The second you essentially put someone on the outside, a they're going to be a cancer in the locker room and take other people with them. But then when you leave, they're immediately going to look great out there. (laughs) <laughs> and, and and prove you wrong uh, a la when Tuchel took over, Jorginho if you look at his stats in the second half of that season when we won the Champions League was one of the best midfielders in the world like his tackles, he actually outplayed N'Golo Kante most of those games in the Champions League um, and then obviously went on to have a great summer with Italy. No, he did not by the way. Statistically, go look at the tackles he had almost twice as many tackles as N'Golo in those games. Now, I test And what he did going forward is different, but Jorginho defensively, it was the best he's ever been. That's a hill I will choose to die on. (laughs) That's fine. There are stats. My point being, I don't think Potter's going to draw a line in the sand and say, you're with me or you're not. But I think what we are seeing passively, he's starting to limit time and change his sub patterns and rotations and things like that. He's definitely trending younger. I think he's definitely looking to uh, different players who maybe at the beginning of the season um, weren't nailed on starters. That's all I think, but I, I think he's not going to go brimstone and fire, even though he told us he can do it in response to Matt's question in the presser.
1: I mean, th- this, one, this one's hard to answer because I don't see training. I don't know who is or isn't running. I don't yeah I know there are performances on the field that are pretty noticeable um and, and noticeably bad mostly, but uh, i mean i i like Brandon said, I don't think it helps to divide a broken team <laughs> into into slightly less broken and slightly more broken. It just doesn't I don't think that's a way to run a team
0: I mean, Grand Potter is managing in his mind for the long term right like he is thinking about this as his multi-year project the multi-year project that Todd Bowley brought him on for I think the only thing that might be of interest is if you know we're going to talk about this probably a lot between now and the end of the season that there are certain players who are just not going to renew are not going to be here next year and they are one of the questions you're questioning do I start them in this match or I don't those are probably the ones that I would say you move them into the substitute minutes or the, if I have to play them, I'm going to play them. That That is the only thing I think that is realistic, particularly with the amount of injuries. I think after, it's going to be very telling in the period after the short-term winter break that you know, we have in the Premier League to see what the squad with a couple players coming back healthy actually ends up being with a couple potentially more transfers coming in, what does the side look like and who gets dropped? And I think that is probably going to be the most instructive thing that we can look for. It's just not going to come as fast as we want because the the, the bodies keep hitting the floor. <laughs> it's unfortunate.
2: Yeah. You know, he did say that he was talking to, um, you know, the, the vets in the locker room, dressing room leaders can move us forward. So he's talking to Aspi, Jorginho, Silva, and Kovacic. I mean, Aspi works hard silva's class and he's a leader but like you're not getting much out of j5 and Cova on the pitch right now so i i kind of think i i put it in that group chat i was just kind of wondering like what are the younger players that are on five six seven year contracts think like I, should we be integrating them into these conversations should they be taking on more of a leadership role i i just it Putting, putting all your eggs in that basket, and I'm sure he's not, but it's like there are other young up-and-coming leaders that he could lean on, and and hopefully he he does as well. So um, we'll have to see. Uh, we'll just real quick, I think, just give a, give a yes-no on this one, but uh, Bachu is saying, is Grandpa Potter really the right man for the job if he says it's the hardest job in football? I
1: guess my question is, is he wrong?
0: At the moment right now, I would say it absolutely seems to be the hardest job in football.
1: I mean, yeah, I... Again, it's like hard to like, there's no like hardest job in football Raider, but I mean, I I think this is, after the year that we've had, stretching back to this time last year, all the turnover, all the change, all the injuries, all the management structures, all the new players, this is a pretty fucking hard job. I I still have empathy for him um, as as a manager, and and I've said this before, you could bring in... Prime Zidane, Prime Pep, Prime whoever you want, and they're still going to have to face the challenges that Grandpa is facing right now. And it doesn't mean that they wouldn't do better. It just means that this is an incredibly, incredibly difficult job.
0: I mean, I asked the question of our group and on Twitter after the game, but I get that like being the manager of Chelsea is a super attractive position. I mean, there's twenty Premier League managers positions and a lot of them don't come up very often um i mean you have to wait usually like 18 to 24 month cycles to uh, a refresh to get your opportunity and it's usually your one shot at that unless your name is Jose Mourinho, and you get multiple opportunities to to try it out um i don't think i don't think it is an attractive position in its current state with not understanding where the club is at from like a health and injury management standpoint. Like that's a question we have down here in a little bit about like that whole situation, the players who are staying and leaving, understanding like who you actually have available to you. The fact that it's a brand new ownership group and having to kind of get along with them as well. I mean, I think we've seen some positive signs. I think we still have some question marks in other areas. Like I, I think in general, it is an attractive job. I think in this exact moment with this exact set of circumstances the type of manager you might want to go after, you mentioned Zidane, I don't think he would want the job. It's not t- It's not tailor-made to use to get to a next level of success in this exact moment. I, six months from now? Maybe. But
1: I, I don't think today that that's the case. It's not going to have Champions League football next year to it.
2: I, I said it in the Matt Laupod, though, too, right? I think they pounced on Potter because he was the guy they wanted for the system they're building. The problem is they had to move for him sooner than they wanted to. So they have Potter, but they're building the system around him as we speak. Um, Like you're legitimately going to need all the rest of the season and the summer. And he's going to have to get, you know, till the January transfer window next year to see what they can really do together. That's what sucks about this is that if he were to have come in at the end of the season, right. And like had time and, they would have had all the backroom staff organizing things. That's fine, but it's not. And so, I, I just think there's extra pain that was probably not the ideal timing or plan of bully. And so, I think they're they're probably giving him a lot of support and re, you know, just like reassurances on the backside. And they talked about it before they um, they hired him. Is my guess again, fly on the wall. Uh, speaking of the injury crisis, Jesse asked, what is causing the injury crisis? Is it the medical staff, uh, fixture congestion, poor managing of minutes, just plain bad luck or all of the above? I mean, who knows, right, at this point? It's um, probably a mixture. We just don't know what percentage to kind of allocate to each thing, Nick. I mean, it's really been since the pandemic that can fixture congestion.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you're seeing... Just on that point, because you know, I know we've talked about this a lot, and I know it's boring to hear, and if you're listening to this, you're like, Nick, you've said this 15 times. Shut the fuck up already. I hear you, honestly. But playing as much football as these guys have played in adverse conditions over the last three years during a pandemic, over the summer, fitting as many matches in as they had to to make up time with all the extra matches that Chelsea typically play anyway because they're in multiple cup competitions, winning them, going to the club fucking world cup, doing all that stuff. Uh yeah, I think their bodies probably aged a couple years more than the average person in the last couple years. And the result of that is that you can't just keep you know, going back to the well all the time to recover. Um you know, add into the fact that all these players are now older than they were a couple of years ago. It is what it is, right? So uh, you know, I, I think I think it's all of the above for sure, but you know, it's clear that Chelsea has to do a significant investigation on all of our players as soon as they can in in terms of what their future injury status might look like or future health status might look like. And then they need to bring in a world class um, sports performance team to to make sure that, this sort of 11, 12, 13, 14 injured. I mean, it's just, <laughs> I, when, when we we, we got to laugh to keep from crying here, fellas, like it is just unbelievable. Agreed. Uh, yeah, you've got nine and that's not
2: including uh, a couple players. Uh, again, it's, it's just a rotating door. I mean, there's more players in the treatment room at Cobham than out on the pitch. And then even some of the guys that are on the pitch, they're not even with full team training. So whatever. Uh, Eric, the kid RL 76 says Lewis Hall's performance. I mean, probably the only bright spot or at least the brightest spot of a, of well, a dim day
0: after Felix,
2: <laughs> but I'm saying, but if you take it in in the hole, like terrible, it was a stupid, stupid tackle to make. I mean, um, so, you know, you, Yes, Felix is great, but he's also unacceptably dumb. So Lewis Hall, he pirouetted and just burned the shit out of their their right back, split those guys, and went right. You know, they had to drag him down, which also wasn't a yellow card. But we'll just—I mean, he's he he looks absolutely class. And again, he's he's a number eight. He's number eight as a as dancing as a as a left wing back. And I think what you see, Nick, is that his composure and his vision on the ball is of a midfielder. And thank God it he has the athleticism and the pace to to get by people too. I mean, just reeks, reeks of confidence right now.
1: Yeah, I, I I didn't think that he had a particularly great day. I'll be honest. Like, I think he struggled defensively. Uh, he missed a pretty good chance very early in the game after a really nice layoff. Didn't really hit the ball anywhere, but at the goalkeeper. Uh, but compare it to some of Kukurea's performances lately. And and I think you have to come away saying he should probably keep getting minutes. And we, of course, what you said, Brandon, is right. This is not, I think, where he thought he would be starting his Chelsea career on the left wing trying to make this work or at left back against Manchester City over the weekend. I mean, I, I think the kid's doing a fine job. He is certainly not the most of our problems by any means. And, you know, I hope... I hope in great turmoil, Dan, that this helps to shape a young man who can be a part of our our team because it's clear that he gives a fuck. I mean, it's clear that he went in for a couple of challenges today because he cares, and I I appreciate that.
0: He got into the right positions that you would hope that Ben Joel would get into and take a shot on, and he took on two shots. They didn't end up getting to go where you wanted them to, and so his almost 0.4 xg uh did not kind of come to anything so a it's good that he from a movement of the left wing back was getting into locations where he needed to to try to make a positive impact on the attack and in the defense i think the uh the the bummer was potentially that for someone who typically is a midfielder probably has a bit of a better pedigree when it comes to settling and taking a good shot just finding finding his place in that and being willing to kind of take the, take the time to make sure that he's set before he, uh, before he cracks it, if he can.
2: Gross. It's just, I still, it's all gross. That's going to be on my vision board for 2023. Uh, no Dan of the match poll because well, obviously, um, we were the only one that played. So this is actually was a makeup from game week seven. So, you know, that's why this game kind of snuck in, um, So there's really nothing else to review Uh, the tables uh, a bit gray as we were talking about Chelsea down to 10th, 25 points, 10 points off top four, Um, 10 points off bottom three. It's the same thing as our last pod. Nothing has changed. We lost again.
0: (laughs) We're in 10th place. We have a zero goal difference. We are perfectly balanced as all things
2: seven wins four draws seven losses uh the the losses is obviously unacceptable at a minimum we should be being able to seal out games and take draws into them uh to me I think that that's where it's it's the worst part of it Nick is just the inability to at a minimum close out a game take your point and walk on the the losses are. Are just nowhere, nowhere close to it. I mean, there's nobody with that many losses above us, obviously. Crystal Palace have seven losses.
1: Um heaven forbid we get to double digits. No, we're significantly mid-table. Uh you want to know the stat that scares me is that Arsenal have 40 goals, City have 45, goals four, these are goals four. Uh Newcastle have 32, Fulham have 32, Liverpool have 34, Brighton and Hove Albion have 32, Brentford. Have 30 and we have 21. Uh, that is fucking awful and is a, I think, you know, not to repeat ourselves week after week or match after match, but if you don't start putting the ball in the back of the net regularly, more than one with the in individual errors that happen a day from Trev and Kulabali and Bruce uh, Hall, Kappa, you're going to just, get, you're going to keep losing. I mean, you're going to keep losing if you don't score more. And so I think, hey, Graham, maybe an all out attack. Say fuck it to the defense. Just go all out and try and put two over the line every week. Maybe that's the way to go. I don't know.
2: I think all of us were surprised just how good Zhao uh, Felix was, but it was taken away from us. So we've <laughs> got to go back to the drawing board and look within to figure out what it was after that little tease. But uh, I think that's going to wrap us up for this one. It was good. Dan, to not only, you know, look at the game objectively ourselves as best we could, but also just kind of hear where the fans are at and ask some questions. I think that was a good time to kind of hit pause and and just rattle through some different topics that the community is uh, is just trying to figure out.
0: Oh, I think you have a very emotional tribute coming up on Sunday for Viale at home. I think it would be a really fantastic day for Chelsea to go out and get there, uh, get a win. That would be very nice.
2: For a lot of different reasons. But anyways, that's going to wrap us up. More pods all week per usual. Make sure you're subscribed in your favorite podcast app. Uh, but that's going to wrap us up. We'll be back later in the week. Uh, but until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.